Well, again, just a warm invitation to our, our guests here today. Lovely having you here with us. Today, really, I want to speak to you about the spiritual warfare that we are all in by nature. I know sometimes it's not a very comfortable subject to talk about, but we see, don't we not, in our society today, we see all sorts of sadness. We, uh, in recent events, we've seen, of course, the unfolding of a, a brutal war in Europe, Ukraine and Russia, we see the horrors of that. But really, since time began, really, and before that, there's been a spiritual warfare raging uh, in the hearts and minds, for the hearts and minds, and uh, souls of men and women and children. And this is the warfare, as we're going into a new year, this is the warfare which I really want to press upon our hearts today, that there is a spiritual rally, that we have a soul. And so in today's passage in Deuteronomy 20, as we read earlier, the children of Israel were given divine instructions from the Lord God concerning this warfare. It was a spiritual warfare. God would be giving the promised land, the land of Canaan, this land that flowed with milk and honey, a bountiful land, a mighty, fruitful, and productive land. You see, the nations, those nations at that time, their iniquity was full. God had showed them mercy upon mercy, and yet the iniquity of that nation had become full, and God would bring swift judgment upon those nations. However, the way in which that this land was to be established for Israel was very important to the Lord, hence the directions given in today's passage. And here at Sovereign Grace Reformed Church, we're a new Bible-believing church, set up as a witness for our Saviour, and as we are embarking upon a new year, 223, if the Lord should tarry, we would do, do well, really, to take on board these spiritual principles laid down in God's word concerning the spiritual warfare in which we are all in. You know, if we're honest with ourselves and more so with our Creator, there is a good and evil in this world, isn't there? There is a light and there's a darkness in this world. There's a right and there's a wrong. We have a conscience to these things. We know deep down, do we not, that there is an eternal realm, there's a spiritual realm. You know, and there's, there's so many things in this life that try to keep us away from thinking upon this. But we all have a conscience, we all know that there's a, a light and there's a darkness, there's a good and there's an evil, there's a right and there's a wrong, but we try to switch off to these things until it's too late. Until really we're ushered into eternity. We, we all have to stand before our Maker. And so really what, my, really what I'd like to press upon us this, this morning is to wake us all up to the spiritual realm, that there is a spiritual warfare, that we're not just flesh and blood, but it's not just about the here and now. There is an eternity to come. Our text today is from verses 19 and 20 of Deuteronomy 20, beginning with verse 19. This is the instructions the Lord gave to Moses concerning the children of Israel. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time, in making war against it to take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them, for thou mayest eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down. 
For the tree of the field is man's life to employ them in the siege. You see, the warfare back in those days was a lot different to the warfare in our days. Modern warfare, as we know, in Ukraine and with Russia, and you know, for the last, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 years, it's, it's, a lot of it is um, uh, driven by technology, with drones, now sophisticated missile guidance systems, and so on. And so the warfare in our day is a lot different. The context here was when, do come in, <laughs> sorry, the warfare back then was a lot different to what it is nowadays. The warfare back then, when uh, the children of Israel, under the instructions of God, were to go against these walled cities, these great walled cities, um, that they would have to cut down a lot of timber and lumber in order to use them as battering rams. And sometimes, because of the setup of these cities, it would take a long time, a long time to get into these cities. And so, we, we know this from the account of the spies, that these cities were very intimidating, they had these great high walls, they were fortified, and the, the people that were in these cities were the children of Anak. Back in those days, giants used to live. And the historical archaeological account actually warrants this. There were giants back in those days, like Goliath. And so the children of Israel were very scared to go into these cities. But the Lord said, go. There's a divine purpose to this. These great fortified cities, dear friends, could be besieged for a long time. You could be there for weeks, months even, to besiege these great cities. But friends, like these cities, it is likened here, these besieged cities are likened to what a man's heart is by nature. Our hearts, if you, if you don't realize it by yet, our hearts by nature are like a fortified city, by a fortified city. And God often calls us to lay down our weapons of war. He has given us our lives, He has given us our souls. And he wants to give us eternal life. But yet we put up these great walls, you see. These great fortified walls against God. Man's heart by nature, we know from the Bible, is a stony heart, you see. Contrary to what our culture tells us, that we've got good hearts and we should go with our heart, the truth of the matter is, and I think we all, if we're truthful, the truth about it, our hearts by nature, the Bible says, are desperately wicked. And you see our hearts by nature are stony hearts and, and hand joints in hand with other stony hearts to fortify ourselves against God. Like this city, Christ himself said in Mark's Gospel in, in Mark's Gospel 7 21 through 23 he says these very truthful words from within uh, sorry, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. This is us by nature. And I know these things perhaps might be a bit uncomfortable to us. But you see, we must have the truth. These things
our hearts. We can all say that we have missed the bullseye of obedience. We know that there's wars and sadness and family breakups and all these things around us because of what comes out of a man's heart by nature. God has been truthful with us. He's, he's telling us our condition. You see, our culture tells us what we want to hear all the time. But God tells us what we need to hear, which is good for our souls. That's going to help us. James, in James's epistle, in James 3, 6, likens the tongue to a world of iniquity. Uh, a world, the tongue is a world of iniquity. In other words, our tongue, our mouths, are like these little members. They're very small, but they can be like a rudder on a big ship like the Titanic. And they can steer our whole body like the Titanic. Remember the pride of the captain, he wanted to get to New York very quickly, didn't he? And he wanted to prove that his ship was the unsinkable ship. And yet that little rudder, as it were, put all those lives in danger, went too quick. And our tongues, dear friends, have been like this world of iniquity. They can not only uh, cause so much damage, they can cause us to go astray like sheep. They can also cause many other people. They can cause family breakups, divorce, so many problems. And we see this, don't we, in our culture? You see, friends, man's rebellion against God is ever evolved. It's a long battle. You see, God sends out His word, He sends out the means, and He calls us. Lay down your weapons. I want, I want, I've sent my son. I've sent treaties of peace to you. I'm, I'm inviting you to come in, to be saved, for your soul to be saved. And yet we see we put up these great walls against God to, to, to prevent the light of the gospel coming in. But we know deep down that we have a we have a soul. Over the years, man has formed these new schemes and old schemes, which have just been re repackaged in his attempt to keep God out of the city of his heart. And this is us by nature. This was me up until my 20s for many years. I came from a Christian home. My, my mum faithfully took me to church, but I just kicked against the pricks of conscience. I just lived for number one, lived for myself, ignoring my Creator. Ignoring the great design and the heavens that declare his glory. I just lived as if there was no God in my life, you see. I bit the hand that fed me. And perhaps I'm speaking to the heart of someone here, or the word of God is speaking to your heart in this respect. You see, friends, deep down we know in our hearts, don't we, that we're one day going to stand before our maker, our God. And we'll have to give an account to him the lives, and more importantly, the souls that he's given us, what we've done with them. Man has built these great walls of sin which separates him from God. You see, that's man's biggest problem. That was my biggest problem, was my sin by nature. It separated me from God. Our sin separates us from a holy God. You see, God is holy. He can't look upon sin. He hates sin. But in God's love and mercy, he sent his Son. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, friends, we can have those walls of sin broken down very quickly. We can have peace with God. We can have our souls saved for eternity. Dear friends, if we trust that 2,000 years ago, we're in 2022 now, 
But some 2,020 years ago, there wasn't a common mistake. The son of the living God came and was born in a, a town called Bethlehem. According to all the prophecies, he was born of a miraculous birth. He was born of the Spirit. He lived a perfect life, always obeying the law of God, always doing honoring God, always doing that which is good and righteous. And yet he died as a lawbreaker. But he was innocent. He never did anything wrong. You see, he died on that cross, not for his sins, but for all the sins of all those who had come to believe that he was indeed the Messiah. He was the Son of God, the Christ, the prophesied one. The one who would bear his people's sins on that cruel tree to give them life. To give them life. You see, eternal life. So friends, you can have eternal life. You can have peace with God. You can know of every single sin forgotten. If you truly trust in Jesus Christ as your Saviour. The Bible says that a man must be born again to, to know of a place in heaven, to have peace with God. You see, we're born again like a butterfly is born again. Like a caterpillar. A caterpillar spends most of its time on earth and it's consumed with eating and all these things on earth. But when that great transformation takes place, it springs and it's a completely new creature. And its desire is for the heavens. And that's what it is to be born again. God changes a heart of stone, an unbelieving heart, into a heart of flesh, a moldable heart. A heart that loves him, that believes that Jesus died for his sins. That's what happened to me some 15 or so years ago. That's what happened to many here today. God took hold of them and convicted them of their sin. And, and they believed in Jesus Christ and they were changed. And this is the message here today, friends. You see, God, in His great mercy and long-suffering towards rebel sinners, offers us the treaty of peace. He wants peace for us. He wants us to be saved through the gospel of His Son. Over the years, God has sent... <laughs> okay, I know we need to go. Oh, yes, no, I understand. I understand. Over the years, God has sent His messengers, the prophets, the messengers, the prophets of old, and He has sent tens of thousands of preachers to compel man to lay down their weapons of war. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, and so He has He has He has sent uh, many tens of thousands of preachers to compel. Sinners to lay down their weapons of war against God and to stop abusing what the landlord of the universe has given them, to stop biting the hand that feeds them. Yet sinful man continues to use and abuse his maker's kindness and common grace. He, sinful man employs archers on the city walls of his heart to shoot down those convicting words of Christ's reconciling ambassadors. He does anything to stop the Word of God coming into, and the influence of the Word of God from coming into his life. I must, must get God out of sight, out of mind. And anyone who reminds me of my sin 
and my, my accountability towards God, well, I must get them out of mind and out of sight. He trusts in the strength of horses and chariots, the creature and the things of this world, rather than, of course, the Lord. As with Pharaoh and his horses and his chariots, they were a stubble, weren't they, against the wind when they waged war on God. All men's strength, dear friends, will come to nothing in the end. All these things we make our trust, these outward strengths, the strength of men, the strength of all the things we put our confidence, they're just, they're just going to come to nothing in the end. You see, friends, if you're not with God, you're against God. There's no middle ground, you see. If you're not on God's side, you're on the world's side. Christ said in Matthew 12, 30, He that is not with me is against me. Are you on God's side? That's what I would like to ask you. Are you on God's side? Or are you still on this world's side? Are you still on the fence? Kind of thinking, well, I don't want to commit to the Lord. I still am deeply in love with this world. My confidence and trust is still very much in this world. In verse 19 and 20, God's people, the children of Israel, were instructed not to cut down any of those fruit trees when they were asked to besiege those enemy cities. You see, the battle, friends, could be a very long one. Rebel sinners are hardened against God's offers of peace, you see. Let's just remind ourselves of those, uh, those verses, verses 19 and 20. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time, in making war against it to take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them. For thou mayest eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down. For the tree of the field is man's life to employ them in the siege. Verse 20, only the trees which thou knowest, that they be not trees for meat. In other words, fruit trees. And there were plenty in that land. Thou shalt destroy and cut them down. And thou shalt build bulwarks against them, against the city that maketh war with thee until it be subdued. Friends, once again, as we embark upon a new year, a new year, if the Lord should tarry, I just really want to solidify two points of application for today's sermon. Just two points of application. One, for the true believer in Christ, and another, really, maybe even despite maybe an outward profession, is really in their heart still putting up walls of sin, still fortifying themselves against the Lord. So two points of application. Firstly then, for those who are already Christians, you do love the Lord, you've been saved, you're living for the Lord. The spiritual warfare, dear friends, as we know it, is a long one. It's a long one. There are many battles of faith to be had. And some of these trials of faith can go on for months and even years. It's a long one. And one thing we must remember as true believers is ne never to cut off our spiritual life support. You see, the children of Israel, as they were to go into the, the, land of, the, the promised land, they were given specific instructions, don't cut off these fruit trees. Don't cut off these things. The battle could be long. You see, the, often our problem is, friends, is that even as Christians, we can be tempted by the devil to loosen our grip upon the Saviour. We can be tempted in long trials, can't we, to, to think, well, I'll just give it a bit of 
I'll give a rest for a time. Things are not working out. I've been battling with this trial for years now. And what we can often do is cut off our life support. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, what we can do is our prayer life can wait. We cannot commit the day heartily to the Lord. We can read the, the Word of God just in a general way, not heartily, not prayerfully. We can start missing the means of grace, stop, stop missing the Bible studies and prayer meetings. But this, this is, dear friends, to cut off those fruit trees. And this is what we can all do as Christians. We can cut off our life, life support. We can forget about the, the whole purpose of why God saved us. We must go to the foot of the cross, that most fruitful tree, that bounteous tree, that tree where all our blessings flow from, that tree where the, the, the Prince of Glory, the Saviour, bore our sin on that cross and was made sin, who knew no sin. We must go back there every day and pour our heart out. We must not cut off our life support like the children of Israel were to. You see, those trees, those fruitful trees, were given from God. He made those trees, to be, those trees to be fruitful. And if we would have any gospel success in our lives, and any victory against our battles of faith, we must not cut off our life support. You see, the devil is so deceitful, friends. He wants us to cut it off. He wants us to, well, oh, I don't have, I'm tired, I don't have to go to church this evening, God will understand. Or, I don't have to pray heartily, I don't have to cry to the Lord, I don't have to... Uh, depend upon his felt presence in my life every day. The devil, you see, friends, is like that. He's a liar. He's a murderer. Don't cut him off in your hearts, friends. The Lord says to the children of Israel, verse 19, For the tree of the field is man's life to employ them in the siege. Well, this is true of the Christian. Christ is our life, friends. And without him, they depend upon him. We, dear friends, are prone to go astray and fall. For the Christian has never been a more eternally fruitful tree than that which happened at Calvary. That's where we go for our strength. That's where we go daily. We pour out our heart in true contriteness and repentance before the Lord. That is where we daily get our life support from. Like someone who is on their deathbed. As it were. We are dead to sin and the things of this world. And we get our life, our spiritual life, from Christ. He is our support, as it were. He invigorates us for the battle. And we go by faith in Him and in His promises. See, these children of Israel, they were up against us. They had these giants in the land, these sons of Anak. They had these great walls. They had massive overcome, they had to overcome massive odds. And you may have these fears in your heart and your life. You may think, well, how am I ever going to make it in 2023? There's so many of these obstacles in my life, and maybe health, and maybe fears, and burdens, and maybe many things in your heart. I say to you, you must go to Christ. Don't cut off the Savior. Don't go back to the beggarly, the beggarly elements of this world. They cannot help you. They're not going to last. Go to Christ. Go to that which is a source of true strength and true vital life. That is where we daily go for our life support from. And that is who we daily depend upon for our spiritual meat and to feast upon Him, as we will shortly come to remember the Lord's Supper. We feast upon Him daily. Unless Christ is our support in the battle, friends, we will utterly fall. Never be tempted, even but for a moment, for a day, dear friends, to loosen your grip upon the Lamb. 
of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And I often say this to my children and give an analogy that uh, during the Second World War there was uh, the Germans and there was the Russians. And Germany, of course, turned us back on the Soviets, didn't they? And started to attack Russia. And the Russians were quite clever because what they did in the, the bleak Russian wilderness is they knew the German fighting machine was fierce and so what they cleverly did was they drew them in to the Russian wilderness. They didn't put up a match of resistance, they drew them in into those bleak, cold, snowy and icy forests. And most of the damage done to, the, to this blitzkrieg, these Germans, most of the damage was done because of the elements. They died, most, a lot of these Germans, because they could not withstand the Russian winter. They died because food couldn't get to them, warmth couldn't get to them. They were sucked in, you see. Their life support was taken completely away from them. They were cut off. And this is true, dear friends, of Christians. We must not cut off that which is our spiritual life. We must employ that which comes from heaven. The Father of lights, dear friends, He sent us His Son. And in His Son, that's where we get our strength. That's where we get our daily vital life. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Listen to that once again. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. You see, sometimes we can be tempted not to... Uh, not in only some of our ways to acknowledge Him. Well, in, the, in these areas of my life, I think it's good to, to, to do things God's way. But these other areas, I find quite uncomfortable. And, and having a life completely dedicated to the Lord, I find quite uncomfortable. But the Lord says, you've got to be all in. All in. You've got to have everything. God's, God's no man's backup plan. He's not a backup plan. It's not something until we've got to wait for, until the time we die, like the thief upon the cross. There's only one circumstance of that happening, and that's for a reason, friends. To warn us not to keep it too late. See, God's Spirit will not strive with man. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Bring it all to God. Bring all your fears, all your burdens, and lay it at the foot of the cross. And he promises he will direct your path. You know, when I trace my, my, my steps back as a Christian, and I think about the times which I've backslidden as a believer, and I've fallen, and I trace my steps back, I can tell you now that it's the times where I've cut off this, light, this, this vital support. I've cut off the, the support in Christ. I wasn't crying to Him as I ought to have done. I was skipping services. I was not reading my Bible as I ought to. I wasn't crying unto Him. Don't do that, friends. We need the Lord. Christians never be tempted in long battles, especially. The, the devil wants to discourage us. Never be tempted in long battles of faith to go it alone. There's a temptation to do it. To loosen your faith from its true life support in Christ. Every decision, friends, everyone, even those little decisions and concerns, bring before the mercy seat. God is a refuge for us. Dear friends, He cares about you. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. Every battle, employ the Savior's strength. Don't cut it down in forgetfulness. 
friends. This is really what I want to press upon us who know the Lord here today. If the Lord should tarry in 2022, don't go it alone. Don't go in your own strength. Don't cut the Lord down in forgetfulness. Be, be, make sure that you are depending upon Christ, that which makes us truly fruitful. And yes, like the children of Israel, our enemies far outnumber us. Our enemies are stronger than us. They're bigger than us. This world and the draw of this world, our sin, we are, we are no match for our sin. And we are no match for the devil either. This threefold enemy, we're no match for these things. But friends, Christ, Christ goes ahead of us as our great high priest. We can overcome all these battles of faith because he is with us. The Lord is with us. He bids us in today's chapter in Deuteronomy 20, be not afraid of them. Don't be afraid of all these things. I am God. I will be with you. I will strengthen you and help you. Walk by faith. Believe in my word. Believe in my promises. I will be with you. Don't set your, your, don't set your eyes upon all the enemies, the sons of Anak, the, these big giant sins that you perhaps you have, and you think, how am I going to overcome all these fears? Well, God, God, by faith in His word and in the Savior, He will help you to overcome these things. Now, friends, as we embark upon a new year, allow me once again to plead with any here today, really, or who will come to listen to today's sermon, who are still really, maybe despite even an outward profession, you may have been baptized, and you may have actually had an outward profession, but still, still in your heart, you know you're still putting up walls uh, of sin against God. You're still fortifying yourself against God. You haven't closed yet with the Lord God. You know, you know it in your hearts. I don't know it. It's between you and God. But you know really that you're not yet right with God. You're still fortifying your heart. There's still things missing. You're, you're, God's more of an afterthought, a, 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 a kind of an afterplan, a backup plan. He's not your life yet. Oh, I plead with you, friends, that, that if Christ is not first in your heart and your life, you're not yet a Christian. You must come to terms with that. There's a biblical warrant that teaches that if Christ isn't first in your heart and in your life, your most pressing need is to be soundly and truly converted. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what parents or, or wife or husband or friends think. What matters is when you stand before the judge, when you stand before the king of kings one day, and, and you're truly not his, that is going to be a most fearful moment for what matters is if Christ is first now in your heart and in your life and you've truly closed with him. Friends, if you're living in disobedience to your maker's first commandment and most important commandment, remember our maker gives us one commandment. And if we obey that one commandment, all the rest will fall into place. That commandment is a very reasonable one. Is to love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And that is very reasonable because God has given us everything. He has given us our life. He has given us our breath. He is the Father of lights. He gives us the sunshine. He gives us many blessings, dear friends. And so if we do not acknowledge God, 
and more so if we do not acknowledge his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, dear, dear friends, and we continue to abuse God. This, this, dear friends, this, dear friends, is betrayal. This, dear friends, is to bite the hand that feeds you. You see, friends, the commandment to love God for who he is. Not just because I don't want to go to hell, but to love him for who he is, because he's God. He has given us everything. He is worthy of all our love and praise. To seek him, to seek his salvation that is upon all of us. We must keep our maker's first commandments. To love him with everything that we've got until we know that we're his. And we belong to him and we know the saviour. And we know that he's died for our sins. He wants to save us. He wants. He comes with this invitation, this treaty of peace. He wants us like that harlot, Rahab, to come out of the city and to believe in the God of Israel. She came out, didn't she? A lifetime of sin. But she came out because she, by fear, helped God. Well, helped God's people. But she believed in the God of Israel to be the God, the creator God. And God took her out of that city before he destroyed it. And it's the same, dear friends. It's the same as us. If he doesn't, your condition, dear friends, is like one of these besieged cities, I'm telling you. You think you're secure behind the city walls of the false, the false securities of this life, from the things of this world. And sad to say that this was me for years. Just putting my, my security, my safety in the things of this world. Perhaps you feel secure because of your young at the moment. And it's the folly of youth that we don't think we're going to get old. Perhaps you'll think you're secure because you're very talented and you're gifted. Or perhaps you're good looking or you're, you've got beauty. Perhaps you feel that your prospects are better than most and you're not going to fall into the same traps as others have fallen into in, over the years. And perhaps this is your security. And friends, this is your strong city. This is your refuge. This is what you're really putting your dreams and hopes upon. These false securities. And God, like I said at the moment, is just a backup plan. Despite perhaps a professional faith, he's just a backup plan. He's not your life. He's not your vital support. This, this fruitful tree, as it were. He's just an afterthought, a backup plan. Friends, he must be first. God must be the true purpose of your life. That's what happens when you're saved. You, 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 you depend upon him every day. You love him. Friend, if this is your condition, I can say from Scripture, the words of scripture, scripture, that your condition is as a besieged city. In other words, over time, like a besieged city, that vital life is just going to be sucked out of it, as it were. Like a besieged city, Dear friends, God is so long-suffering and patient. He calls you, he entreats you to peace. He says, believe upon my son and you shall be saved. Turn from your sin and forsake it and trust in my salvation. I've provided everything fully. Trust in it. You can have peace with God and I will equip you. I will give everything that you need. Trust in me and I will save you. You see, he has provided everything and our condition is like this besieged city. And over time, friends, over time, like a besieged city, we think, well, I've got plenty of reserves. The, 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 the dungeons and the basements are full of food. 
and I've got lots of weaponry, and I've got all these securities, so I'm going to be fine for years, like that man in the New Testament, that built, that had all this fruit and this produce, and he said to the soul, then the soul, soul, take thine ease, I've built up uh, goods for many years. And then what did the Lord say to him? Well, this night, this day, your soul will be required of you. And whose things shall those things be which you've given your heart to? And the Lord took him that night. You see, friends, all these things are, our lives are like a flower, dear friends. They have their beauty and their bloom. They have their glory. You see, it's like a man's life. And then the wind passes over it and it dies. And that's like a man's life. But what about the seed, dear friends? That's the heart, isn't it? The seed. Well, the seed is what's in man's heart. And if that seed, if, if the man's heart is the word of God, is trusting in the Savior, that seed will be raised in newness of life by the Son of Righteousness. You see, friends, we must not cut the Lord off. Yes, all may be well now, perhaps, but you know as well as I do that those things that you've made your trust are just transitory. They're temporary. They're not going to last, dear friends. Now we need, dear friends, the Savior's love. Perhaps you feel secure because you enjoy good health and you've got a good career and you've got a mortgage and you've got many friends and many other such worldly securities. But what happens though, friends, when all these creature comforts will be cut down one day? Like a besieged city, you see. These things will be cut down. You will be starved out. You're not always going to have good health. You're going to die one day. You're not always going to have friends. You're not always going to have good times in this life. All those things, like a besieged city, the, the, the life of them is going to be taken out. And all that's going to happen is you're going to face your maker, the one that's given all these things. And you're going to have to give an account to the judge. And you're going to have to tell him why you've given your heart to the creature and not the creator. Why you've loved all the things that he's given instead of him the most. And I tell you, friend, our condition by nature is as a besieged city. Slowly by slowly you'll find that those worldly things that we've made our trust will gradually get cut off. And in some cases, the Lord will at once, very quickly, besiege a city. And at once, we can be cut down, even in our pride. God's Spirit, you see, will not always strive with man's. Beauty is, is not going to last, dear friends, in our image-obsessed culture. Riches will make themselves wings and fly away. Good health will not always be good. We're all going to die. And what happens, friends, at tonight, your soul will be required of you. And the Lord suddenly ushers us into eternity. Friend, don't cut off. I plead with you. If there are any amongst us to here today, I plead with all of us, don't cut off Christ out of your life. The author of life. The one that can give you eternal life. The one that bore our sins on that cross of Calvary to die for our sins. Don't cut him off. Don't cut him off. Friends, a fruit tree does not say to the sun, I will not have light in you. I don't want your light to be fruitful anymore. And how much more so do we? How, how much more so will we say, I don't want the light of the gospel. I don't need Christ in my life. 
We'll, we won't be raised up if we don't have the Son of Righteousness, friends. We need Him. And in conclusion, at John 1, 4, it says, In Him, that is in Christ, was life. And the life was the light of men. In Him was life, true life, eternal life, the purpose of life, to, to have union with God, to have a relationship with God. Do you have a relationship with God? Have you received the free gift of salvation through Christ? Or is God just a backup plan? Just an afterthought? Are you truly living for Him and love Him? Christ entreats you today through His Word. The Word of God entreats you today to lay down the weapons of war and to receive Christ into your heart. To hearken to the Gospel, to truly forsake your sin. You must be willing to forsake everything and to believe in Him and trust in His salvation. He promises He will save you. Amen. Amen.